0: Hello and welcome to the Stuff I Heard Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Peak, And today happens to be May the 29th, 2019. Today is a Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to everybody out there. It's hump day. Um, today's the day we're supposed to, like, I guess, be excited that it's halfway through the middle of the week and we're supposed to go like, oh, yay, the weekend's almost here. Well, currently here in... My hometown of Florence, South Carolina, it is a hundred degrees now, I don't know the Celsius ratio uh I'm sure out there there's a lot of folks that are listening who go by Celsius and they're like, "Oh my God, that's too so hot. you know it's like forty five or whatever I don't know what the what the equation is for Celsius anyway it's hot here it's stupid hot it's so hot it's miserable hot I mean bli hot." The kind of hot that uh you just think about moving. I mean, I'll be honest. <laughs> my dad has it right, owning some land up in Maine. Uh I just watched some of his YouTube stuff. If you haven't watched my dad, uh his name's Richard, he's got his own YouTube page, R R P E E K. Richard Peak, R Peak. Um he talks about how uh leaving Georgia to head to Maine, the temperatures are way different. They're having highs in low 60s and lows in is like 39, which is a huge difference than here. So I'm a little jealous, a little bit, um, but I'm glad that he's able to enjoy getting out of the heat. Me, on the other hand, it, I think at night is getting down to like 80, which is ridiculous. The, uh, the air conditioner, it sounds like the air conditioner just cut off for the first time. That can't be real. That has to be a mistake. It's probably just exhausted. It's probably like, give me, just give me a second. Let me catch my breath, because it'll it'll come on in a second. It, it's been on nonstop. But you know, if you're out here and you're enjoying the south and you're enjoying the heat, or you're you're up north and you, you're still experiencing snow like Wisconsin, um, believe me, there is a place if you want to uh, if you want to get some sun. Myrtle Beach is definitely it. And we're only an hour away from Myrtle Beach. It's not as hot at the beach right now, though. You can get some of that, that coastal uh, wind. Cools it off like, you know, two or three degrees. So, anyway. Enough of talking about the heat. I know it's like on my top of my mind. But anyway. Um, I want to talk a little bit about a show that I'm watching on Netflix. And I know a lot of people have already seen this show because I see social media. I see you guys talk about it. Uh, House of Cards. Kevin Spacey. Um Robin Wright she dropped the pin she used to be married to Sean Penn Robin Robin Wright Robin Wright if you don't know played Jenny on uh Forrest Gump I don't know what love is Jenny or whatever I, I'm not a smart man Jenny but I know what love is Uh Jenny uh Robin Wright happens to play um the I don't want to say what character she plays Frank Underwood's wife, Claire Underwood. Frank Underwood is Kevin Spacey. Um, just in case nobody's seen it, there's what, six seasons out, eight seasons, whatever it is, six seasons. And I've heard that they've canceled it. Now that there's this big scandal over Kevin Spacey, allegedly, or I don't know how allegedly, um, this is the stuff I heard podcast. Uh, this is stuff I heard, not stuff I know. um, Allegedly, he sexually... um... Uh, uh... what's the right term? He propositioned a lot of male actors, apparently, uh, for favors. Is that correct? I may be talking out of my butt here. Anyway, it was a big, it was a big scandal. He's no longer doing the show. They, I guess, they wrote him out of the show. Um. He is he's always been a great actor. I remember first seeing him in uh the movie 7 or however it's pronounced, S V E N the uh 7 deadly sins with um Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh Her Heads in a Box Spoiler alert, Kevin Spacey's the bad guy. Uh, really creepy guy. He plays a good creepy guy really well. Uh, a lot of people know him from uh, American Pie. He played the main character. Um, and really it wasn't until then that I think it became publicly talked about that he was actually gay. Um, up until that point, I think people just assumed that he was a snappy dresser. But, uh, but yeah. So anyway... Um, House of Cards, incredible writing, incredible acting. I can see why they won awards. Um, to me, it's a lesson in problem solving. There is a drama, there is a story, there is things that they're trying to accomplish, and there is uh, conflict at all turns. And it's weird how in a certain way, certain at certain times, you sort of root for violence to become an end. I said this about Game of Thrones, you know, there's conflict in Game of Thrones where someone is a big problem and you think the whole time, boy, if they just cut that person's head off, this would all be over. We don't have to worry about this crazy person, like killing everybody and whatnot. And you sort of root for violence and you're like, come on, just, just kill the bad guy already, you know, or, or bad woman or whatever the situation is, you know, they're, they're out of control. They're hurting people. They gotta, they gotta go. And I think it's natural for people to feel that way. Um, and... In House of Cards, you know, there's a political landscape of them trying to climb the ladder and trying to accomplish goals that they're either, you know, scratching backs for uh, special interest groups, or they're actually trying to help people, which is not as often as we would like to think. We'd like to think that our society is a perfect society where we get to vote for people who represent our our best wishes, and then when they get in office... They just sit around waiting for their delegates to tell them, you know, what they want them to vote on. And then they vote their their whatever way they want to, to help us. And that's not the case. If you watch House of Cards, you know, like any television show, it is based on some reality. There is a lot of drug use going on. There's a lot of, you know, prostitution. There's a lot of uh, illegal uh, killings of people that people aren't supposed to question or know about. Um, there's a lot of covering up. There's a lot of, I'll vote your way if you vote my way for this other thing. And, and they don't vote for how the people want them to vote. And to me, it's sort of in a way is also a lesson in problem solving. I have this thing that I need accomplished. How am I going to get it accomplished? I'm going to attack it every way that I know how. And at a certain point I'm out of ideas and I got to rely on other people for ideas or inspiration hits you in a way that you don't expect. Uh, I'll give you an example. There is a certain scene where the main character is trying to figure out how to problem solve an issue that he can't seem to get any headway on. And he's playing with this, this like marble egg and he's just rolling it over on his desk. And he's talking about when I was a kid, we used to try and see if we could stand these up. It was kind of a, kind of a challenge because there's, you know, they're round, they're, they're oval shaped. They're, they're egg shaped. He's like, you know, but every once in a while you can get it just right and it'll stand. And as he's playing with it, it dawns on him a different way to solve a problem. He's like, sometimes the easiest way to do it. And then he goes, "Ah, I got an idea. And he jumps up and he runs out of the room and he comes up with an idea of how to problem solve his situation. And to me, that is That is kind of a lesson for all of us in life whenever we're trying to figure out how to fix or or solve things that we're going through. Sometimes we have to take a different approach or a different look at it and say, okay, you know, what if, what if I've exhausted every use that I know how, and I've talked to people that I know and they, they don't seem to have any answers. What if I think completely differently? What if I make myself think completely differently in order to achieve my goal? What if I make the other people think I think completely differently so I can achieve my goal? And if that doesn't make any sense, believe me, I'm with you. I'm watching the show now and I see the path he's going on and I'm like, whoa, that's, that's risky and also very clever because I think ultimately it'll do the job. It's a game of, of chess with real people and real situations in a make-believe story and you say, you know, hey, here's a scenario. Here's where here's where this person's going to go down this path and it may turn out great and it may not, but we're going to try. And if you look at what people want versus what they're afraid of and you can play to all of those things and get them to work together somehow, then sometimes you can achieve your goals even if they don't expect it. You can change people's minds. You can help sway people, you can motivate people, but sometimes you have to take you out of the equation in a way that nobody expects you to. I don't know if any of that made sense. Right now, people are going, what? Yeah, I get it. Okay, I'll move on. Moving on, moving on. So, Netflix has a new season of Riverdale out available. I haven't seen it yet. Season three, they come on the CW on a regular basis and... I'm looking forward to seeing season three, even though it's a hokey, stupid show. I'm still kind of into the character. I like the, I like the, uh, I like the female roles. I like, uh, Veronica and, 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 uh, and Veronica and, uh, and Veronica. Yeah. I like Veronica. Okay. I'm watching the show for Veronica. I'll just be honest. I like, I like her. Um, I think the way they wrote the show was, uh, was, was interesting They're trying to keep with the comics but also give it a modern, edgy kind of feel and yet tell a story that allows them to entertain people in a television show. And after the first two seasons, I was like, yep, I'm all in. This is cool. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's one of those stupid shows that lets you forget about your day and enjoy somebody's make-believe story with characters that you're sort of familiar with, if that makes any sense. Um, So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. There is a second season of a show called Rain that's on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original. I think it was originally done for overseas, and it's pretty awesome. Um, I've watched the first season. I was into it. I actually blew through the first season very quickly when it came out. The second season is out now. I'm going to start watching it, but I'll be honest. I can't watch it until I finish watching House of Cards because I don't want to. I want to finish House of Cards first. I'm in season three. I just started season three, like third episode. Um, so I'm in it. I'm thick in it. And they're easy to watch. I can breeze through them and hopefully be done in maybe a week or so. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see how the, how the work schedule goes and how the weather keeps me inside. Um, there is a new show called What If?, Uh, Renee Zellweger I guess she had some plastic surgery I heard about this a while back she had some plastic surgery and people were saying wow they really screwed up because she doesn't look anything like she does now which you know years ago uh, the Dirty Dancing starred uh, Jennifer was her name Jennifer Gray I think was her name Uh, she played the cute little girl that danced with Patrick Swayze you know don't put baby in a corner um, you know, she had a very, uh, pronounced nose and she had some plastic surgery done to her face. And when they got done, nobody could recognize her. Now, here's one of the problems in Hollywood is if they don't recognize you, they can't use you in other stuff because you get in front of the camera, and they're going to go, well, who is this? There is a certain appeal to people who look a certain way to keep continuing a role as you grow as a character. If you alter yourself too much, then you don't look like you. Now... I think some people have done a really good job of changing themselves over the years, like Jennifer Aniston, whoever does her plastic surgery, did a great job. If you watch the early seasons of Friends, her nose has drastically changed from then to now. And she has also gotten some enhancement in certain areas that uh, has done well over the years. So she she's actually done that gracefully to the point that you don't ever forget that you're looking at Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Grey, eh. You totally missed the fact that it was her. Same thing with Renee Zellweger. I'm looking at the previews. I'm listening to the discussion. It sort of looks like the What If show is like Decent Proposal with the roles reversed, male female. If that makes any sense. You know, I watch. I don't know who my audience is. Like age wise, is this? A, is this? Are you guys my age? Are you younger? Are you older? I don't know. I don't know that part when I look at analytics. But anyway, she's like a rich person who apparently offers a lot of money to a woman who to sleep with her husband. And it's the kind of money that can set you for life, but it also means that you're going to continue your life living with someone through infidelity. And then there's questions that come up later of, you know, I can't believe you did that. And and anyway, I've heard it's good. I've heard a lot of people mention that it's good. So I'm probably going to watch it at some point. Uh, That's on the list as well. Um there was a show that looked interesting. It was like a movie. I think it was called Rim of the World. And it was sort of like Stranger Things meets, uh, Independence Day. That's a good way to describe it. Wow. I just came up with that. Um, so it's young kids and, you know, aliens are there and they're taking over the world and these kids supposedly figure out how to defeat them really quickly. Um, I started watching the show. I got bored. I fell asleep. I woke up. I fell asleep. I woke up. I did that several times. And when I got done, I thought, well, I didn't really learn what happened there. Um, Maybe I need to go back and watch that again. If anybody out there has watched it and you like it, let me know. Tell me what I missed. Um, I don't know if I have time to watch the whole thing over again or if I even want to. The characters weren't really characters I could get into, the show didn't really move like I. I guess the pacing was, was just slow in my opinion for a show that had so much to pack into an hour and 32 minutes. Um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you hit and miss with things. I think this was a miss. Um, I have noticed an advertisement on YouTube for a channel called Catch 22 on Hulu, Uh, because George Clooney's in it, I thought, Hey, this might be worthwhile again. I hate Hulu in the fact that they have commercials. Uh, I know that you can pay an additional amount of money to, to not have commercials, but I am sort of using someone else's password. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much for letting me use your password. And I'm watching this show, um, catch 22. Uh, I've seen one episode so far and I don't know if this is based on the book. I know there was a book written years ago called Catch Twenty Two about basically uh, this guy wants to get out of the military. He doesn't want to continue the violence. He's afraid he's going to die. He goes to the doctor and tells the doctor, "You know, I'm crazy and I, I need to be kicked out." And he says, "Well, yeah, but well, you're all crazy." And here's the, here's the problem though is you could be crazy and you could be. You could be actually removed from the military for being crazy. But the minute you realize that you're crazy or say that you're crazy, you're not crazy anymore because you're cognizant of the fact that you're crazy. So then we can't kick you out for being crazy. That's the Catch-22. Interesting, huh? And I had heard years ago, that's why Emmett Smith wanted the number 22 when he joined the Dallas Cowboys, because Catch-22 was one of his favorite books. And he thought, yeah, Catch-22. Yeah, good luck catching me. Put that on my jersey. 22. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just I'm just saying that. I hope it's true. I hope Emmett hears this one day or somebody asks him about it and was like, yeah, I heard this on this stuff I heard podcast. This guy named Josh. He lives in Florence, South Carolina. Yeah, he catch 22. Is that really is that how you came up with that? Hey Emmett, hit me up if you want to be on the podcast. Let me know. If anybody knows Emmett. Uh I was not a huge Emmett Smith fan when he first came into the NFL because at the time I was a Minnesota Vikings fan. And they did a world-class dumb move to trade almost every pick they had for uh, Herschel Walker. Now, don't get me wrong. Herschel Walker was an incredible athlete. It still is an incredible athlete, even at his age. <coughs> Excuse me. Goodness. Um, but they let so many top draft picks go that year to the Dallas Cowboys that the Cowboys got Troy Aikman, Michael Irving, uh, Emmitt Smith, and uh, like one or two other people that were like, they ended up all becoming Hall of Famers, basically every single person they picked up, which allowed the Dallas Cowboys to win multiple Super Bowls. Well, I was not a fan of the Dallas Cowboys during that time because they kept defeating the Vikings and Herschel Walker didn't really pan out for the Vikings. And I was like, "Come on, man! Jeez!" And I kept watching this guy, Emmett. Just, just do his job. Show up every day. Run whatever patterns they give him. Catch his little yards. You know, he was, in my opinion, he was the first running back to catch screen passes and take off. And up until that point, it was just running backs just grabbing the ball whenever the quarterback handed it off, and he would do his little thing. But Emmett was more into it. Emmett had more. Ability. He had good hands. He had good awareness. And I remember interviews talking about the fact that he was only, you know, five foot nine and two hundred and twenty pounds, and everybody considered him undersized for a running back. And they're like, Yeah, no no small running backs ever make it in the NFL. And he was like, Okay, watch me. And every time he would run and he would score a touchdown, he wouldn't spike the ball. He would hang on to the ball and he would run over to the sidelines and he would write on it something. I don't know what he wrote on it. He probably wrote down game blah 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 of this year. And I I heard it said that he kept every single ball that he ever scored a touchdown with. It was just his thing. He was like, I just, I want to keep the ball. I want to keep the ball as a memory. And just being reliable and just being durable and working, he he talked about working on his core. I work on my core all the time. Just doing all of those little things allowed him to end up as the number one rusher in in NFL history. He surpassed everybody in yards, touchdowns, all that. Just by continuing to go after it, just by continuing to strive, and good for him. I mean, holy cow, he became one of my favorite running backs to watch. Years later, I, I you know, past the time when most people are retiring and hanging it up, he's still out there doing it. And I was like, wow, look at this guy go! And then there was a push at one time for him talking about the NFL maybe being in the Olympics. And there was commercials. There were funny commercials. After he'd retired, he's holding the football. He goes, I might put the cleats back on if you bring it to the the Olympics. I was like, wouldn't that be cool? That'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Of course, it'd be hard to coordinate. There's lots of moving parts and whatnot. And, you know, the NFL's already raking up lots of money. And I'm sure players' unions would have a fit with contracts. And then it'd be a thing of, well, no other team has this caliber of talent playing this style of ball. And there is a appeal for the NFL and other countries. I think now in 2019, there are regular games in Mexico City and there's games in London. Um, who knows if it'll expand in the future. I'm sure the pursuit of money will have them playing overseas more and more as time goes on. But I thought, how cool is it that this guy is now the ambassador for football during this time and he's doing these commercials and he's, you know, he was at the time he was doing announcing and I think when the announcing thing went away, he entered uh, Dancing with the Stars and won the year he was in it. I mean, holy cow, that's really hard to do. It's a popularity contest, but it's also a contest of ability, and he did it. I didn't watch it, but he did it. Good for him. So, not to turn this into an Emmett Smith love fest, but anyway. um, No, I don't have any Emmett Smith jerseys. No, I'm not a Cowboys fan. No, uh, I don't want any jerseys or Cowboys memorabilia, but I am an Emmett Smith fan because I applaud ability and effort. I applaud effort more than anything else. I mean, that's why Cal Ripkins, one of my favorite baseball players ever. They call him the Iron Man. He played some ridiculous amount of games in a row. His entire career never missed a game. There's something to be said about that. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of guys out there that can that can dope up and hit home runs. Uh, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, Al Jose Canseco. <clears throat> and your name's going to be known as the guy who, who used steroids and hit home runs. And then there's guys like Cal Ripken Jr. who did his job, showed up, played good baseball, was a good teammate, you know, that kind of stuff matters. And I'd like to think that those kind of people matter, that those kind of people translate into other parts of life. Guys like Emmett Smith, who just showed up every day, even though everybody said, you, you can't make it, you're, you're undersized. You There's no way. He's like, okay, just keep handing me the ball. Let me be a part of the team. Hand me the ball. If, if I need to throw a block and then you throw it to me, let's do that. I'll be open. I'll catch it. Trusted me. I'm going to do the work. And he did and good for him. And this kind of goes out, you know, as I'm, as I'm saying this and I'm thinking about, you know, the, the fake character, uh, Frank Underwood on uh, house of cards. And I'm thinking about Emmett Smith and I'm thinking about all these people that I know that, that have a challenge and they figure out a way and they just don't stop going after whatever it is they want. Adam Carolla is a big example of that. If you have something you want, don't quit until you get it. Go after it. When I got hired from my job, the the job that I have now with the company I'm with, in the interview, I was asked, you know, well, what makes you think, you know, wh- why should I hire you? And I, I very easily said, I am not very skillful. I am not graceful, but I will outwork anybody if you allow me to come here. In five ten in five years or ten years, you're gonna be you know, you're gonna say to yourself, I'm glad I hired this guy. I said, You got a lot of guys here that I've worked with before at two different companies. Go around and ask them their opinion. Ask them whether or not they want to work with me. And I guarantee you they're gonna say yes. I've watched this from people as I've grown up, that some of the best things you can do is be kind to each other, treat each other with respect. And be willing to do the work when it was time. And work hard. You know? Why would you take a paycheck if you're not going to work hard? Go do the work. Whatever needs to be done, go do it. I got a guy right now who's having trouble. And one of the biggest things he has a problem with is showing up on time. And I keep talking to him. And I said, listen, out of all the things you can control out of your day, the one thing that you control is what time you set your alarm for. Right now you're having trouble showing up on time and everybody's talking to you about it. So how about on your time, on your regular clock, you get up at the same time every day. How about move that thing back 30 minutes? And when it goes off, get in the habit of getting up and coming in. If you do that, all the other problems will go away. And you know, we'll see what happens. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that kind of stuff sinks in. It's weird to have that kind of conversation with a guy who's supposed to be an adult. That's the kind of discussion you have with your kids when they're younger. But, you know, I guess times they are changing, right? So, anyway, I know I'm a little bit all over the place on this podcast, and I apologize. Uh, I had a great podcast last weekend with Jan. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people saying they really enjoyed it. And I had a good time doing it. Um, I've been under the weather since then. Um, I woke up Sunday with a very sore throat. And I went to bed super early on on, uh, on Sunday night. Took some medicine. Kind of worked through the day on Monday. Took more medicine. Went to bed early Monday night. Took more medicine Tuesday. Just sort of got through it came home yesterday, took a nap. I was just wiped out. And so I'm not really a hundred percent right now. I'm still, I'm, I'm fighting it. But, um, but anyway, thank you for suffering through this with me. <laughs> I am watching things. I am listening to things. I'm listening to a lot of podcasts right now. Um, nothing really noteworthy. I'm sort of catching up on old podcasts. Um, uh, Michael Rosenbaum inside of you. Uh, I've listened to quite a few of his that he's done. Um, every one of them's good. Um, he talks about, you know, playing Lex Luther in Smallville. And so, you know, a lot of the interactions are with people who know him from that circuit. Um, but they're good. They're all good. They're all fun to listen to. Um, so yeah, I'm going to wrap this up. This is right about 30 minutes. This is, this is kind of normal for me when I'm by myself, right? Um, I do want to say that uh, Lowe's right now, today, I think today's the last day. Today's the 29th. Um, if you're looking for stain or uh, paint, they're having a Memorial Day sale that ends today. So if you listen to this today, go to Lowe's today and get some stain or paint. They have a rebate thing. Um, I just bought stain from my back porch. I had a gift card for my birthday from my mom. Thanks, Mom. And... Uh, I went and got some stain and I get a rebate from them. So, uh, in order to get that rebate, you got to get it today though. So enjoy that. And, uh, y'all take care. Thanks for listening. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and, you know, send me a voicemail. I, I, I keep doing these things about the voicemail part of it, but nobody's actually sending me anything. Um, send me something, you know, just, Hey, love the podcast. The one with the was awesome. Love, love the one with your wife when you're going to have Kyle back on from King Cafe, you know, something, just something, send me something. Okay. All right. Y'all take care. And, uh, oh yeah. Cue the cow.